0: You know, the greatest thing in this life is to be used by the Lord. You know, whether you know that to be true or not, at the end of the day, when you see Jesus face to face, you'll come to know that. The greatest thing in this life is to be used by Him. I know we think, well, the greatest thing in this life is for me to be married, for me to have children, for me to have a good job, have all these houses, right? Now, those are not bad things. (laughs) I'm trying to, but you know the greatest thing in this life is to be used by the lord because this life is temporal to be used by the lord have eternal things
1: hi everyone welcome to the podcast of calvary chapel echo park here in los angeles california we are a small fellowship of diverse believers who want to serve our lord and do his will you can find out more about our fellowship at ccechopark.com Join us for a live stream on Sunday in the New Testament and Wednesday evenings in the Old Testament. Now, let's get into the Word of God in our weekly podcast. The teaching is from Pastor David Higa and will be the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the book of Revelation.
0: Revelation chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. It says, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, He persecuted the woman and gave birth to the male child. Verse 14, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. Verse 15, so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Verse 16, but the earth helped the woman And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. A war on Israel. Okay, and so when you think about it, Israel, Israel's kind of an interesting country when you think about it. And this title, War on Israel, I think is an applicable title all throughout history. What do you think? Has there ever ceased to be a war on Israel ever since its inception? Especially now when you turn on the news. Everything really does focus right around that small nation, right? And when you think about Israel, the geography of Israel, you know how small that is on the map? And you see all these different Nations around them that, that kind of don't like them. You know, that's been like that since time began. And and this is what I want to underscore: this war on Israel. And, and this is the context. Now, there's a lot of, lot of imagery, a lot of symbolism we talked about in Revelation chapter 12. And we've explained some of this, and so we've gone into great detail while we think the woman is Israel. Remember, we went back to that dream that Joseph had. Remember the second dream that the sun, moon, and stars, they all bowed down to him? And remember, those were his brothers, and that's why they sold him into slavery. Remember, we went all the way back into Genesis, and we looked at that cross-reference there. And so we liken that to what's being described in Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. And those are so similar. The only thing different is the 12, verse 11 stars. And the reason that's different, we mentioned a couple weeks ago, is Joseph, right, when he's being bowed to, he's one of the 12 stars. So 11 bowed down to him. So these 12 stars and this woman, really, when you go to that dream there, and then the context that we're going to see even more in chapter 12 of Revelation, you know, we can really start to say that this sign points that this is Israel. The woman is Israel. And then we also went to the dragon, right? That great fiery red dragon. Sounds like a New Year's kind of, Chinese New Year's type of uh, celebration, but it's speaking of of satan and remember it was spelled out last week but remember we cross-referenced even to scriptures about the serpent because in chapter 12 verse 9 we saw the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and so with the connection we see the connection of the serpent of old called the devil to this dragon so it's pretty clear that we can now identify that this great red fiery red dragon is is satan now we're seeing here In chapter 12, and we're going to do more definitively see it in our text this morning. We just read that Satan, the dragon, is going to try to devour the woman who is Israel. Okay? And so we're going to now translate that to what's happened during this time of the tribulations, particularly the great tribulation, which is the last three and a half years. A time, times, and half a time. We see that reference there. And we're going to kind of define a little bit later why we think that that's three and a half years. But in this last three and a half years, we're going to see that Antichrist is going to turn on Israel, the abomination of desolation, which we referred to before. But at that point, three and a half years into the tribulation, it begins the Great Tribulation. And then Antichrist is going to try to take out Israel again. And so he's going to chase Israel down. But Israel is going to be fleeing to the wilderness and this is what we believe in chapter 12 verses 13 um, through 17 is is recording here and we're going to talk about this um, in detail okay now I do want to mention this just this common theme of Israel a war on Israel it's always been and it always will be now why is that well we can look throughout scripture these examples and I just picked out a handful of examples You can probably think of many, many more. If you comb through scripture, from the time that it started, Abraham, right, when he's called out of Ur of Chaldeans, all the way, I think, to Revelation. Revelation is very Jewish when you think about it. And so as you go all the way through Revelation, really the key, one of the key themes, it's God for sure and Jesus Christ, is Israel, God's people, God's chosen people, right? And so God is not finished with Israel, but it's interesting. There's always been a war on Israel. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think Israel is so prominent in history? Why do you think Israel is so prominent now? It's just a speck on the map. Because they're God's people. That's the answer. And so I always go back to Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. When it says this, this is when Abraham, who's Abram, was called out of Ur the Chaldeans way back to leave Ur the Chaldeans and go to the promised land. Remember that? Well, as he was called to do that and he responded, God promised Abraham this. He said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Now, do you believe that? I believe that. When God said it, I believe it. And so who's he talking about? Abraham and his descendants. Now, when you think about this war on Israel, boy, it really hasn't ceased since then, right? I mean, all throughout history, boy, the world has been against Israel. And so he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, how are all the families in the earth blessed? Through Abraham. Well, isn't Jesus from Abraham? Think about it. Right? Abraham had Isaac. Isaac had Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. One of the sons was who? Judah. And Jesus is from the line of the tribe of Judah. David, King David, came from Judah as well. And so it's through Abraham's loins that Messiah came. And so when it says... And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you feel blessed because you know Jesus Christ as Lord? Are the Gentiles blessed? Right? Everybody's blessed because Messiah has come to take away the sins of the world. So that latter half of Genesis chapter 3, chapter 12, verse 3, is true for sure. Not only that, that we have the scriptures through Israel, right? Think about it. Through Israel we have the Bible. But then... Since the latter half is true, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, we can kind of think, connect, that the former is going to be true. I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. And so, how you view Israel has a, a, I think, has a powerful reality on whether you're going to be blessed or not. Okay, so with this, right, I think that's why this world hates Israel. And that's why there's a war in Israel. Now, we're going to see this as we get into the parts here, the text that we just read. Because the woman, as I mentioned, it's symbolic of Israel and the dragon, the great fiery red dragon is symbolic of, of Satan. And the text that we just read, verses 13 through 17, notice what's happening. That Satan is chasing down the woman to try to devour her. And this is happening in the latter half of the tribulation, the last three and a half years, okay? So I want to underscore this. It's been going on forever and ever. And I'm going to give you some scriptural references. Remember Balaam? Did Balaam try to bless Israel or curse Israel? Now this literally began to pass. He tried to curse Israel, right? But what happened? God didn't let him. He had pronounced blessing. But because he tried to curse Israel, and actually he in an underhanded way, caused Israel to fall. Uh, to fall. Remember, he got the um, Moabite women to seduce Israel's men, and they fell. It's the um, the plague at Peor. It's referred to way back there in Numbers. You know, actually, when you study that, that's the final plague that reduced Israel down where those uh, last of the older generation perished, and then what happened? The new generation was led into the... To the promised land. If you kind of study that, it's kind of an interesting time. But remember Balaam, he pronounced a curse. And in fact, he had this underhanded way of taking Israel down. And so what happened to Balaam? Well, he was killed. Right? I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. Think about uh, another one that comes to mind. These are just ones that come to my mind. Remember Jezebel. I don't know who Jezebel is. Remember, she was. The Sidonian woman, she's a witch, basically. <laughs> basically, she worshipped Baal. She is the one that brought Baal worship into the northern tribes very heavily. And that's why they perished, by idolatry. But remember, even her, uh, she had a daughter named Athaliah, uh, through Ahab. And Athaliah actually infiltrated the southern tribes there. And we know that the southern tribes, they perished too by idolatry. And so she's trying to destroy Israel by through worshipping Baal. We can see that in scripture. Another one that comes to mind. Remember, um, remember Haman. Y'all hear me say this. Never name your son Haman. Okay, you have a newborn baby. Don't, don't name him Haman. Okay, who's Haman? Remember the book of Esther. Remember Haman's an Amalekite. And he had this ploy to try to take out all of Israel, exterminate Israel. Remember? And so God raised up uh, Mordecai and, uh, and Esther to thwart that. This is under um, Artaxerxes, the king of the Medo-Persian Empire there. And so you can read that story in the book of Esther. But Haman was that Amalekite that almost almost was successful, taking out all Israel. So why do you think that is throughout history? Also King Herod. Remember King Herod, Matthew chapter 2 in the New Testament. We study that every Christmas, right, when the magi come, and they're looking for the one who is born king. Remember they go and they ask Herod, hey, where is this one? He says, hey, tell me when you find him, because I want to worship him too. But remember, King Herod really wants to kill him. And he puts a hit two years and under in Bethlehem because that's where the Magi kind of figured he was so remember that even King Herod and Edomite from the line of Esau he wants to thwart the work of God through Israel because Messiah is going to come through Israel so you see throughout the history right all the way from Genesis to the book of Numbers all the way through uh, 2nd Kings we have Jezebel and there's so many more right to the New Testament and even to today what about uh, just maybe what 90 years ago, World War II? Well, what was the focus of Germany in World War II? Hitler. What was his focus? You ever go to Europe and visit one of those, one of those places where they, where they killed all those Jews? I mean, it'll shake you up. It'll shake you up. I mean, even in our generation, Satan is at work, right, trying to take out the Jews. You ever hear the term anti-Semitism? Anti-Semitism? You think that's alive and well? Oh, you better believe it. Just turn on the news. Why do you think? Such a small nation. You know why? Because they're God's chosen people. And God is not finished with Israel. But Satan wants Israel to be finished with. Now you think about this. Why was the attack so strong before Messiah would come? Was to prevent Messiah to come? That's why Herod killed all those two-year-old boys, right? To present Messiah. Now, we, you're not going to thwart the work of God. That's where Satan is deceived, right? Not going to thwart the work of God, but Satan thinks he can. And so now, this time, after Jesus was born, lived, right? Walked this earth, and then he died on the cross, and on the third day he rose. So Messiah, that part is fulfilled. So why would Satan continue to attack Israel? Think about this. Messiah has already come already bore the sins of the world for those who believe. So why would Satan still be attacking Israel, especially in these latter days in the tribulation? Well, it's because he's deceived. He thinks that if he can thwart the work of God in Israel, which depends on the word of God he's given to Israel, if he can thwart that, he can thwart the, he can thwart the rule of God, when you think about it. And so what covenants... Particular, what word of God was given to Israel that hasn't been fulfilled yet? Well, firstly, and I think the main one is is the Abrahamic Covenant. I believe the Millennial Kingdom, so much of the Abrahamic Covenant is going to be fulfilled there. And so, remember the Abrahamic Covenant came in two parts. A people as numerous as the stars in heaven. That's been fulfilled. There's a lot of Jews around the world. But the possession of the land has never been fulfilled. That's going to be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. So if Satan can take out Israel before that, then God's word isn't true. Do you understand? The Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant. Now, we as the church, we receive the new covenant, but you know, the new covenant hasn't been fully fulfilled. When is it going to be fully fulfilled? Well, Jeremiah 31, 31 verses 31 through 34 says, when I write the new covenant on the hearts and the minds of my people Israel. That hasn't happened, people. That will happen in the time of the tribulations we're reading right now. So what Satan wants to do is take out Israel before that happens. If he can take out Israel, then how can Israel receive the new covenant? Then how can Israel fulfill the Abrahamic covenant in the millennium if he takes out Israel? You see his deception? But then if he can prove God God word not to be true, right? then he's won. He's deceived. He's not going to win. But this is why we see in our text this morning, Revelation chapter 12, specifically verses 13 through 17, that we see the dragon wants to confront the woman who is Israel and take her out. And this is in the latter half of the tribulation. Okay, so there's a lot of cross-references Of Scripture, I've given you several, right? But there's a lot of cross-references to this time as well. Now, we're going to go to two of them. I'm going to warn you, right? Just just a handful of verses in each. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 24. And we're also going to go to Isaiah. Matthew 24 and Isaiah 16. And we're going to see cross-references. The Matthew 24 is Jesus' Olivet Discourse. And he specifically is talking about what's being described in our text in Revelation 12. At the abomination of desolation, Antichrist is going to turn on Israel and try to exterminate Israel again. And he says, you need to leave and flee to the wilderness. Don't even go back to take your cloak, right? You're not going to have time. Just get out of there because he want to take you out. Not just one or two, he wants to take out all Israel to thwart the plan of God. God's word. The Abrahamic covenant and the new covenant. So you think about that, right? He warned them. But also, Isaiah prophesied this in Isaiah chapter 16, verses 1 through 5. I like to read both of these and then go through the parts of Revelation 12, verses 13 through 17. And you'll see how they just mesh together. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Let's go to the Olivet Discourse. It's called that because he gave this on the Mount of Olives, and it's, it's about the latter days, okay? So when you study the Olivet Discourse, you can actually kind of carve that into three parts. There's a message to Israel, there's a message to the church, and there's a message to the Gentile nations, okay? So we're going to focus this part, Jesus, he focused the message to Israel, okay? So when we go to Matthew chapter 24, and we read right there from verse 15, we're going to read all the way to verse 22, seven verses, Okay? Jesus says this. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. So what's he referring to? Well, let me give you this again. We've talked about this, but Antichrist, he's going to go into the temple that's rebuilt in the tribulation period. He's going to go in there and he's going to desecrate the temple. He's going to go into the Holy of Holies and says, you know what? I'm God. Worship me as God. At that point, he's just going to realize that, you know what? We made a big mistake. What was that big mistake? They thought the Antichrist was the Christ. Remember, Antichrist means what? Not only against Christ, but looks just like Christ. And so remember we noted this. Remember the first seal, right? The the first horseman of the Apocalypse, he comes riding on a white horse. That's not the Christ. That's the Antichrist. He looks like the Christ. He has a bow and no arrows. What's a bow without arrows, right? He comes in to conquer in a political way. Right? And so I believe, we talked about this prior, what he does is that he brokers a deal between the Arab nations and Israel to build Israel's temple right at the Temple Mount there. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that. That's going to be done because there's a temple in the tribulation. And so if Antichrist brokers a deal, they're going to really lift him up, Israel. But it says, the abomination of desolation as spoken of by Daniel. In the middle of the tribulation He's going to turn and he say, you know what? Worship me as God. And at that point, he's going to try to exterminate Israel again to thwart the work of God and God's word. That's what Jesus is prophesying here. And that's what Isaiah chapter, um, as I mentioned, chapter 16 prophesies as well, which we're going to look at. Okay, so he says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Antichrist, right? Standing in the holy place, wanting to be worshipped with God. He says, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now, who lives in Judea? Israelites, right? Absolutely, right? Jews live in Judea. And so, these are Jews that are going to have to flee because he wants to kill the Jews, once again. Not just some of them. He wants to take them all out, just like Haman did back in the book of Esther. Right? Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. So you're not even going to have time to, to pack. It's going to be so fierce, so rapid. He's going to come and he says, I'm going to just take all this route before they can even realize it. He says, don't even go back in your house to get anything. Just get out of there. Right? And, he says, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes even. Just leave. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. Verse 20. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. So notice the Jewish verbiage. Judea, right? Not on the Sabbath. Who who exercises the Sabbath? Not Gentiles, right? It's Israel. So this message is to Israel. Verse 21. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No nor ever shall be and we've been studying this in this seven year tribulation specifically the last three and a half years we haven't seen anything like this this is what Jesus is describing right? And then verse 22 says and unless those days were short no flesh would be saved but for the elect's sake those days will be short now when it says the elect's sake elect's sake, it's those that are redeemed in the tribulation and uh, a good number of those are, is Israel for the purpose of Surviving the tribulation, living on into the millennial kingdom to fulfill, as I mentioned, the Abrahamic covenant and the new covenant, okay? So, this is the message to Israel. And that message, basically, when you see Antichrist come into the temple and say, worship me, you don't have any time. You have to get out of here. He's going to try to take all of Israel out, okay? Now, I want you to... Go with me now to Isaiah chapter 16, as I mentioned. This is a prophecy of Isaiah, and he's prophesying the same thing that Jesus prophesied, which is what we're reading about in Revelation chapter 12. Okay? All right, so Isaiah chapter 16. Right at verse 1. We're going to read from verse 1 through verse 5. Isaiah 16. Isaiah prophesies. says, Send the Lamb to the ruler of the land. From Selah to the wilderness, I have a, a little cross reference our footnote, Selah, right? Selah is Hebrew, if you look at your study Bible, right? Selah is Hebrew for rock. It literally means rock, okay? So from rock to the wilderness, right? It says, to the mount of the daughter of Zion. Now, what's the word rock in Greek? It's Petra. So think about this. Now, the reason I'm kind of probing you on this, right? Selah means rock. In Greek, Petra is rock. There's a place called the Rock City of Petra. People have gone there. You can go there right now. Have you heard about it? It's in modern-day Jordan. Now, modern-day Jordan is the ancient land of Moab. That's what the prophecy of Isaiah 16 is on, Moab. All right? So it says, Send the Lamb to the ruler of the land, from rock, or Selah, to the wilderness, to the mount of the daughter of Zion. For it shall be as a wandering bird thrown out of the nest. So shall the daughters of Moab at the fords of Arnon. Now here we go, verse 3. It says, take counsel. It's a prophecy to Moab. God is speaking to Moab. He says, take counsel, execute judgment, make your shadow like the night in the middle of the day. Hide the outcasts. Who do you think the outcasts would be? Could they be these ones that are fleeing Antichrist? I, the outcast, do not betray him who escapes. Let my outcast dwell with you, O Moab. So, the outcast would be Israel, as they flee Israel. We just read in Matthew 24, Jesus saying, get out of there. Flee, right? Flee to the wilderness. Well, many believe they're going to flee to Moab because of this prophecy. And there's a place called Rock. Moab is modern-day Jordan. And so when it says, let my outcast dwell with you, O Moab, let my outcast that flee, Israel, let them dwell with you, Moab, in Jordan. Perhaps at this city called Rock. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler. Who do you think the spoiler would be? Could it be Antichrist? Could it be really Satan who's behind Antichrist? Right, it says, be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler. So let me put this together for you. Many believe that when the abomination of desolation comes, Antichrist comes and wants to be worshipped as God, they're going to have to flee because Antichrist is going to try to kill all Israel again. The spoiler, right? And they're going to flee to this rock city called Petra, which is in Moab, which is modern day Jordan. And you can go to Jordan today, you can visit the rock city of Petra. So many believe that, hey, that's the prophecy right there. Now, let's keep reading. It says, for the extortioners at an end, devastation ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. All right, so they're going to go to this rock city of Petra, stay there for three and a half years, and God's going to protect them and feed them. But it's in modern-day Jordan, in the land of Moab. Now, let's read verse 5. In mercy, the throne will be established, and one will sit on it in truth in the tabernacle of David. Judging and seeking just and hastening righteousness. And what is he talking in verse 5? Does that sound like the millennium? One will rule and reign with him? So, how they put this together and other scriptures, right, is that when Antichrist comes, the abomination, of desolation, wants to be to worship as God, he's going to try to take out Israel again, just as all history has tried to do. But they're going to be protected. They're going to flee to the wilderness They're going to flee to Moab, modern-day Jordan, to this rock city called Petra. There they're going to be preserved, protected, and fed for three and a half years until Jesus returns. And then when Jesus returns, they'll live on into the millennial kingdom, repopulate Israel to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant, to possess the land to the boundaries that was given to Abraham. You understand how that works together? You see all the different parts of scripture coming together? Now, we're not making this up, or we're pulling cross-references here, right? And so, it's kind of like that, you know, as you kind of connect the dots, it starts to take shape and form up. It starts to make sense. Okay, so, Matthew chapter 24, right, what we just read, and then also Isaiah chapter 16, verses 1 through 5, they support what we're reading in Revelation chapter 12. Okay, so let's go back to Revelation chapter 12 and see how this all comes together. Okay, so Revelation 12, verse 13. Let's read again. It says this. Now when the dragon or Satan saw that he had been cast to the earth. Remember, he's now confined to this earth. No longer the accuser of the brethren, which I believe was accusing Israel before God. He's now cast to earth. Remember Michael and his angels? They fought and they battled Satan and his fallen angels, and he cast them from heaven. So no longer they have access to be the accuser of the brethren in heaven, they're confined to this earth. And so what are they going to do when they're confined to this earth in this last three and a half years? The objective is to take out Israel. That's the main objective, I believe. And so that's why we see the description in our text. This dragon is going to spew out water. I'm going to tell you what what I think that is, to try to devour Israel, the woman. Okay. So it says, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, He persecuted the woman, persecuted Israel. Satan went to persecute Israel, right? Who gave birth to the male child, which Messiah came through Israel, right? Now, verse 14 says, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So let's talk about verse 14. The woman as the serpent, Or the dragon or Satan tries to take her out. Israel again, right? What does the woman do? Follows what Jesus instructed to do in the Olivet Discourse. They fled. And notice it says that she was given two wings of a great eagle. Now, some would say this, since this is kind of a symbolic, right, revelation that we can interpret, that the two wings of a great eagle could be helicopters. So when Israel, right, in the tribulation, at the abomination, desolation, when they have to flee, they're not just fleeing on foot, right? They have these helicopters taking them to modern-day Jordan, to the Rock City of Petra, to be protected for three and a half years. Many think that. Now, we don't know for sure, but I do know this, that there's a lot of scripture that references to come under the what? The wings of the shadow of the Almighty. Does that, that sound familiar? I want to give you some of these, because really, we don't know what these... Two wings of a great eagle are. It could be helicopters, but we do know that the wings of the Lord is protecting Israel and protecting us.
1: Thanks again for joining us on our podcast of Calvary Chapel, Echo Park. We hope and pray that you have been blessed by the teaching and join us again as we continue to study the Word of God. Once again, you can always visit us on our homepage at ccechopark.com for more information and teachings from Pastor David. To God be the glory.